Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Manasa, daughter of Persephone. This week we're discussing chapters 25 through 32 of the Blood of Olympus. episode comes out on halloween that's so exciting i know for anyone listening like in real in real time i guess so um (laughs) i'm gonna request halloween music from our dear editor and my sister sam (laughs) where (laughs) anytime anything spooky happens (laughs) okay anytime (laughs) has to be festive it's gonna be so funny like Jason and Percy are going to be talking about their feelings, and there's going to be spooky music in the background. That's incredibly spooky. Spooky. <laughs> Men having feelings. Gross. So terrifying. Not allowed. I'm going to have to on Instagram, because now I get to do the lightning bolt questions on Halloween. I want to see, like, what everyone's being for Halloween. If oh anyone's dressing up. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Is anyone being a Percy Jackson-themed thing? I'm not. I'm not. I'm being Golem <laughs> from Lord of the Rings. Oh man, so good for at least one costume. I gotta come up with a another one yeah. by the time by the time this episode comes out, it will already have happened and probably be posted on the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, a quick summary of what we're going to talk about today. Jason and Percy are going to bond underwater with a relative of Percy's. And Nico's going to finally explode out all of his feelings. Oh, Nico. Oh, Nico. It's a a rough one. I was thinking about this. There has to be one, I think, every series where we just, like, we dive deep into the trauma. And we yeah. and I tried our best when I came to our lightning bolt questions not to do one similar <laughs> to, to the one from Titan's Curse. Which one from Titan's Curse? Where like Atlas is holding up the sky oh, yeah. and we're like, here's yeah. our personal trauma. We're like, <laughs> what's the worst thing you've ever done? Have you ever murdered somebody? <laughs> <laughs> we really were thinking about putting those as a question. So I yeah. think we're kind of grasping at straws trying to make it not super heavy these weren't super fun, <laughs> but no, they were they good chapters. Like, they I enjoyed really reading good. them. Yes. It's just when we're discussing it, just, like, be aware of your own feelings. Yeah. Yeah. A little low on the jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll find a way to make it Who an appropriate knows? I joke. feel like sometimes they just, they just come out <laughs> when it's not funny. And, yeah. All right. Well, taking that, let's go with Jason, chapter 17 through 20. With chapter 17, Jason wakes up to the ship tilting violently and our girl Nike screaming at the storm to put in more effort. You know, if you're going to really be a storm, go 110%. Jason has like a fully, he's a fully open wound from the sword, if you remember, several chapters ago. He's struggling to make it to the deck. He passes 
by a hazel who is seasick and sticking at the bottom, and he really thinks that he can help, and he wants to be up there. Jason notes that everyone on the team is working really hard but failing to try and save the ship. The only person who's actually making any headway is Percy, and he's literally the sole reason the ship hasn't already been crushed to pieces by the waves. He's controlling the waves, veering the ship opposite and stabilizing the hull. Everyone is yelling at Jason to get back under. (laughs) They're like, you are injured, you asshole. The only one who seems chill is Percy. He's completely unsurprised to see Jason. In fact, he tells Jason that something is causing the storm and he thinks Jason should literally dive overboard into the ocean and go see what's going on. With his open wound. With his open wound. Jason is honored. He's like, finally someone sees me. He's tired of everyone treating him like he's glass. And he feels like Percy's the only one who really understands his need to be a hero. So Jason lassos some very angry venti that are in the sky. And both he and Percy jump off the ship. Piper is furious, but there's not much, you know, she can do in the moment. Jason thinks Percy's really seeing him, but plot twist, Percy just forgot he was injured. <laughs> Percy, like, I'm Percy track of was like, oh. Hey man, jump into the salt water. That'll feel really good on your open wound. <laughs> um, Jason has created a little tornado for himself that's like making a little bodysuit of air that's letting him breathe underwater. And Percy's just, you know, Percy. So he's just swimming around and talking freely to Jason. Percy shows Jason something green, like a searchlight in the water, that, and that's the thing that's causing the storm, so they sink deeper to see what's going on. They end up at this underwater ruined palace. Percy feels some sort of deja vu about it, but he can't recall from what. A woman appears in front of them. She's 20 feet tall and beautiful, but she's like smiling as if she learned to smile, like an alien trying to be a human. And she has a metal disc that Jason describes looks kind of like a drum. When she holds it up, a green light shoots out of it, and the ocean shakes. She's the one causing the storm, and she introduces herself as Percy's sister. Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Relatives. So chapter 18, Jason asks Prissy if he knows this individual, and our resident idiot's like staring at her. He's like, he doesn't look like my mom, so she must be from my dad's side. <laughs> so she introduces herself as Chemopolia, daughter of Poseidon. She's for- she was forgotten by the Romans who don't have a navy, so they don't really care. And she was also forgotten and discarded by her parents. So she says that they are actually at the old original palace of Poseidon. Percy's like, yeah, he he got a new place in uh, the Atlantic now, and it's, like, super cool. I've been there several times to hang out with Dad, and his sister is like, I've never been invited. Thank you so much, Percy. <laughs> she kind of mixes flattery and insults in her speech to them, which is very typical of older sisters, where she's like, oh, oh I'm very impressed with all you've done because I didn't think two idiots could do something like that. So you get your your hopes up because you think you're getting a compliment and then she just knocks you down. Mm -hmm. Sam, do you hear that? What? Oh, shit. Am I supposed to talk? Um, yes. I I hear you and I see you in this moment. I know Aaron does this too. That's true. We're survivors. Yes. (laughs) Excuse me? We are survivors, Sam. You're welcome. Thank you. I see you. Okay, bye.
So basically, um, the boys need the storm to stop before Piper and the rest of them get crushed and before Jason runs out of air. But he also doesn't think it's a good idea to fight the goddess on her home turf. Chemopolia, it's so like a long name, says that Poseidon has restricted her powers because she's too destructive and he keeps her at this place. He even married her off to Berries, whom she hates. Percy's like, hey, I love Berries. And um, his sister goes, well, she he's the worst husband. He never helps around Aww. the house, even though he has a hundred hands. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do one dish. <laughs> no, he's the worst. A hundred faces to look stupid on. <laughs> Jason and Percy deduced that she's probably working for Gaia. And she, they're like, has she promised you a bunch of shit she probably won't be able to deliver on? And she's using your hate of the gods to fuel this. And Chemopolia is like, hey, how did you know that? That's correct. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Percy's annoyed and says that he's fought a bunch of goddesses before and recently. So he's like, I can probably take you. That's when Chemopolia tells him that she's actually just a distraction. And Polybides, Percy's number one fan, floats down next to them. I always love I when love he's underwater. <laughs> he's so dumb. He's like, Does he have an outfit on that's like <laughs> ballooning around him as he floats down? <laughs> you know, when you're like those swimming boys with swimming trunks would get really big. <laughs> yes. He's like, I followed you, Percy, through Tartarus, and I won't kill you here on Poseidon's palace grounds. Damn. Fan behavior. It really is. So chapter 1910 basilisks charge at Percy and encircle him. Jason knows that even if one bite him, Percy's dead. And Percy can't fight ten of them, a giant and a goddess all at once. Everyone is fully ignoring Jason. He's like, hey, send some my way. Hey, I'm over here, but nobody gives a shit about Jason. So he summons... They're all like, he's already injured. (laughs) He's gonna die somehow. the enemies don't want to fight him. He's gonna get knocked out in two minutes, and then it's not fun anymore. (laughs) Jason summons lightning to his sword and shoots it out, killing all of the snakes. He's like, now now I have your attention. So Polybides has turned his attention to Jason to be like, this is not your fight, son. It is, obviously. And Percy uses this opportunity to charge through the water. Unfortunately, Polybides anticipates this and makes this a dark cloud of poison. And Percy dives through it. Jason is unaffected by the poison water because he has his weird venti tornado. But Percy begins to choke and starts paralyzing and he gets trapped in a net. Jason panics and turns to Chemopolia and asks her if this is what she really wants. If Gaia kills everyone, there'll be no one left to make storms against. And no one, and still, like, her whole thing is no one's worshipped her. Parents don't talk to her. Nobody bothered to remember her. And, like, this won't fix it because there's nobody left to remember her. Or even to learn about her and then remember her. Jason fights Polybides and his trident while trying to make a deal with Chemopolia about being remembered and feared. Jason promises to personally make her a shrine in New Rome, her first ever Roman shrine. At this point, Jason and Polybides are literally running around Chemopolia because Chemopolia is 20 feet tall. She's like a small building. (laughs) And... Suddenly, Polybides crashes into her. He apologizes, but he says that she shouldn't have been in the way, which clearly triggers Chemopolia, who's like, I'm in the way. I'm just a tool to you. And Jason feeds off of that and tells Chemopolia 
that the giants and Gaia just see her as a tool. They don't actually value her. So together, demigod and god can kill the giant. And so they do, with the promise of shrines, action figures, and death if the promise is not fulfilled. So Polybides is nice. dead. His head is clean off. Good for him. Chapter 20. Sweet release. <laughs> Sweet release and death. We are in a mood today. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> so chapter 20, Jason uses the venti air to pull the poison out of Percy and Percy starts recovering. Jason makes a promise to continue Percy's work and making sure the Olympians recognize all the gods. He says he will transport back and forth from the different camps to make sure it happens. Percy is impressed and he turns back to his sister to chat. King Polia warns him that his blood will be spilt to awaken Gaia. And the giants are very confident about this. Percy asks if she knows if it's like his blood specifically. <laughs> and Kimopolia is like, I'm not an oracle, but I heard what the seer Phineas told you in the city of Portland. You will face a sacrifice that you may not be able to make, and it will cost you the world. You have yet to face your fatal flaw, my brother. Percy leans on Jason and he tells her what he told Juno, that he does not run when his friends need him. Because Kim Polly is like, you have a girlfriend, right? Why don't you guys just like bounce? Just go find a little cottage somewhere and just wait this one out. But Percy's like, nah, I can't leave my friends behind. Kim says that she will watch from the shadows how it all unfolds. She then tells Jason that his path is no easier than Percy's. He will be tricked and he will face an unbearable sorrow. Jason then is like, hey, can we have some tips on beating Gaia? Which no one's ever asked before. And I was like, this is about the time you ask, how can I defeat XYZ, you know? How do I defeat Mother Earth? Yeah. <laughs> Please give me advice. And if you could write it down, that would be excellent. <laughs> Kimopolia tells them that they already know the answer. Uh, I know. A primordial god has been defeated once before. Hmm. I don't know. Oranos? Oranos? Yeah. Oranos is the first god of the sky. And Jason knows what that means. But Kimopolia says she hopes it does not come to that. Neither Percy nor us, the readers, know what Jason is talking about. <laughs> Kimopolia also tells him the venti that is now swirling around Jason is the same one from the Grand Canyon from the first wow. book. Yeah. What was his name? Like Dylan or Dylan, something? Dylan, yeah. Yeah. And wow. Dylan wants to be released. He's just being breathed in by Jason at this point. <laughs> Basically, had not realized how much stronger Jason had become since the Grand Canyon and was like, it wanted to join the storm to get revenge and then saw how powerful Jason was and was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> So ba uh, basically, uh, Kim Poli just kind of disappears into the shadows, and Percy and Jason chill at the bottom of the ocean while Percy recovers from the poison. Percy thanks Jason for saving him and tells him that while he was choking, he thought about Achilles. Like Achilles? What did we How did we decide? I think we said Achilles or Achilles. something like that. I okay. Know. I'll say Probably that. Probably not right. Oh, well. So uh, Percy thanks Jason for saving him and tells him that while he was choking, he thought about Atlas and how he tried to choke her using her own poison. If Annabeth hadn't stopped him, he might have killed her that way. He had thought about while he was choking and dying, it was actually the fates getting revenge. So he hadn't tried to control the poison out of his body because he felt like he deserved to die and he felt like he deserved wow. to die painfully. Spooky. Jason's like, yeah, man, I get it. And they move on. <laughs> Jeez. Percy asks 
uh, about Jason's thoughts on defeating Gaia. Jason tells him how the Titans got Oranos away from his home turf and then cut him up into pieces. Jason thinks he understands what's going to happen and he thinks Percy won't be able to help. In fact, he thinks Percy may make things unintentionally more difficult, knowing Percy's fatal flaw and apparently knowing this plan that he's not sharing with us. Jason tells Percy they should go to Delos and see Artemis and Apollo. Percy asks why Chemopolia called Jason a pontifex, which is a priest in Roman terms. And Jason thinks it's because it's almost a priest's job to make the shrines, and that's what he's promised to do. So from praetor to priest, he's going very, you know. Wow. Not biblical. Holy, that's the real word. yeah. Yeah. Also, we found out Jason's wound is healed. Oh, <laughs> because he's, that's nice. I know, convenient. Because he basically made the decision to not be- to belong to both camps. I was like, "Are we still doing this?" <laughs> he went back we on his decision did again. It. Yeah. So when <laughs> um, Michael Varus said, "Die Roman," it was no longer it's no longer applicable because he's both Roman and he is Greek. He is he calls himself wow. he has the blood of Olympus, which I was like, "Eh, they did the thing." Yay! He is the title of the book. Yeah, so I was it's like, "Jason." I, so is Jason like do you think Rick meant for Jason to be like the main character of this series? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I think that's just not what happened. Yeah, I don't think it's how it played out. No. Um so Jason is healed. I guess. Yay. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Okay. So they decided to go back and check on the ship. Um, I had a couple of notes that I wanted to talk about. This is not the trauma episode, by the way, people. That's all Erin. She gets to spearhead oh. that campaign. Oh, God. Good, good. Jason notes that when they're all on the ship and trying to fight the storm, he's noticed that Annabeth and Piper have now started working as a team that doesn't even need to speak to understand each other because after he's like whatever happened in sparta like really bonded them and they have like they move around each other like they just know each other's thoughts which is peak female friendship i was like trauma bond at one sleepover and suddenly you're making a podcast with them in your 20s (laughs) how did we get here (laughs) um something else that that was funny i have to shout out Anne sent me an email and said that she thinks that Jason should have responded when Michael Varys is like, live, uh, what is it, born a Roman, die a Roman? <laughs> you should have been like, I'm American. <laughs> Which killed oh, me. I'm like, I was born in California. <laughs> like, what geez. are you talking about? <laughs> that would have been incredible. And then his wound would have healed immediately because he's American. Yeah. The real problem is that he's not patriot enough. No, that that's exactly what it is. He doesn't love his country. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, so Jason's like, no matter what, I am the son of Jupiter. I'm like, so you're Roman now? I've had enough. I don't understand. What are you? <laughs> Make up your mind. Please. His, it's that he's both. Didn't we spend a whole season of this talking about nuance? <laughs> But not but for Jason. I thought, but he had made a decision. He's like, I'm going to be Greek. And then they're like, oh, but you don't know where you belong. I'm like, no, he decided already. Like, we're over this. And well, his like, mom oh, well. visited him as a ghost. So he was like re-traumatized. It brought it all up again for some reason. 
It's actually very realistic that he can't settle on yeah. like he can't just like decide on something because like same but at the same time as a <laughs> yeah. hero in a novel I feel like he should just have made a decision. But true. Well now he's both and he's also a priest now. So. <laughs> oh holy. <laughs> also genuinely so embarrassing for Polyides. Like <laughs> yes. he's he's hunted Percy. First of all Percy killed him. The first time. And she's like, okay, fine. You know what? I wasn't expecting Son of Neptune to be, you know, this badass, but I'll find him. You know, I have unlimited lives apparently in this video game. And um, then he follows Percy through Tartarus, doesn't catch him ever. And then when he does finally <laughs> catch him, he has to compete with Tartarus itself to kill Percy. And then he finally is like, oh shit, now I'm in, like, he has this theatrical entrance. He's made like, a deal with you know a goddess and this like kid with an open wound just <laughs> manages to kill him before first even has a chance so embarrassing so embarrassing god i hope he comes back a fourth time <laughs> same i don't like, remember <laughs> i don't remember me. either <laughs> kelly's there too somehow god percy's little fan club <laughs> All right. Well, that was my. It was fun. It was a more fun Jason set up chapters. This book has overall been so far much better in the others chapters. Like it's not like one set of chapters we dread and one set of chapters we love. It's pretty balanced, which is really fun. It's not my favorite Mm -hmm. set of chapters, but I do like seeing Percy and Jason together. Uh, One of my other notes is I think it's genuinely so annoying that they always have if Percy and Jason are ever together one of them has to become incapacitated because yeah, if they're they both, can't bond they can't bond or they just like chat also when they chat I always notice like Percy never used to talk like this when he's talking like Grover and stuff I feel but the amount of bros he uses and like right man and dude I'm like we get it you're straight in this situation <laughs> I so noticed claim- that too <laughs> They're both just like, hey, man, he doesn't do that to Grover. No. I mean, he doesn't, like, hug Grover. He gives him a handshake, which is yeah, hilarious. But, like, Incredible Percy. Incredible. He's also 12, so we can forgive true. him in that situation. Well, he's now like, he's, like, 16, so he has to say bro all the time. I guess. Hey, man. Hey, bro. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> just kiss. He'll grow out you of know it. You know he wants to. Just kiss. <laughs> Oh man, I'm breaking. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Speaking of kissing Percy, it's time for Nico's oh, chapter. Poor baby. See what I did there. <laughs> poor Nico. Okay, Nico chapters 21 through 24. Chapter 21, we find Nico, Reyna, and Hedge in Buford, South Carolina, not to be confused with the table named Buford. Remember, that's uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the chaperone now. The chaperone. Yeah. yeah. Reyna hasn't said like anything since their escape from san juan they've had no word on either of the on either the hunters or the amazons nico isn't all that concerned about the hunters though he like says in his narration he's like actually i kind of hate them (laughs) because he mentions yeah that when he woke up from his nap in san juan to find reina captured and a note left behind from the hunters he'd torn up the courtyard in rage because he didn't want to see another person so important to him taken from him like Bianca was. It's <laughs> like, wow, that's such a reaction. Clearly, he's like really uh, 
gotten close to Reyna, maybe projected a little bit of Bianca onto Reyna. And it's really sad. Nico is very glad, though, that Reyna came back and did not join the Hunters, but wishes that she would open up to him about the ghosts that were at her old home. By telling her that if she doesn't use her voice to speak up, she'll end up in Asphodel. Like, he basically is like, she's like, I don't really want to talk about it. And he's like, you know, you know who doesn't talk about things? The ghosts in Asphodel. That's what you're already halfway there. Yeah. You're already halfway there, Reyna. And she's just like, are you trying to give me a pep talk right now? And, but it works. He gets her to tell him that the ghosts at her house were her ancestors. Bologna had long since favored her family, but her and her sister were the first actual children of Bologna. Because Bologna fell in love with Reyna's father, Julian, who was a soldier in Iraq. According to Hilla, he was gentler before Reyna was born, but Reyna only ever knew him as angry. He wanted Bologna as his wife and fell in love with war itself. Yikes. He was never able... I know, yikes. He was never able to adjust to life after his last tour in Iraq. He had PTSD and became paranoid and violent. He would lock Hilla and Reyna in their rooms at night to, like, protect them, but then as he became more paranoid, he became convinced that they were spying on him to undermine him. She describes him basically as becoming a mania, like what Jason's mom was, like a ghost of of his old self where only his worst qualities remain. Eventually, in like a in a fight, he threw a chair and hurt Hilla, and Raina just lost it and straight up murdered him. Amazing. Or at least like I know, good for her. And the the way they it's described, it's like she killed the ghost slash mania version of her father that was left, but I wonder, like, if he if he was a ma- like a literal maniac, because like, how did that happen? I don't know, or if this is just kind of like an allegory for when people become a ghost of themselves. Maybe both can be true. Like, because he was becoming a ghost of himself, he became a ghost of himself. Yeah, like quite literally, mm-hmm. especially because his family is like touched by them, the, the gods. Roman gods. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We see now, though, why Reyna has felt so isolated, even though she's the praetor. She clearly has this image of belonging at camp, but she brings up that patricide, killing your father, is the worst thing a Roman can do. And if anyone at Camp Jupiter ever found out the truth about her, she'd be killed. So she's kind of been living a lie. And I think that's that makes me think that's why Reyna and Nico bond so well because they both have these elements of themselves that they won't let anyone else see and they're afraid that if people see it they'll um be ostracized Reyna's is like will literally be murdered and Nico is from the 40s and is afraid what people will think if he comes out as gay but I think that's why they they relate to each other I'm like oof it also doesn't match who they present themselves as because like Nico yes. is I mean we know but like Nico's like well goths don't goths aren't gay even though we know differently but um and Reina is like this leader and the idea that she's a murderer is is rough mm-hmm. yeah yeah oof unfortunately for Reina though <laughs> Roman has indeed overheard this whole conversation Because out of the woods, mysteriously, steps a Roman legionnaire that says, Thank you for your confession, former praetor. You've made my job much easier. (laughs) Chapter 22. It is Bryce Lawrence, who's like the worst. 
the psychopath dude, Roman, that Octavian has been working with, that, like, Reyna kicked out of being in Camp Jupiter but never had evidence to, I guess, kill him for his crimes. So he just got kicked out. And Bryce is so excited to have dirt on Reyna. He's like, I'm going to bring this back to Octavian. We're going to murder you. This is going to be so fun. Reyna points out that Bryce has been on probatio and shouldn't be here wearing the Legionnaire outfit anyways, to which he says that it's a time of war, so he can basically do whatever he wants. <laughs> love that. Love when men say that. <laughs> All is fair in love and war. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a poet, Bryce. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately for them, Bryce is also has an army of dead British, like, skeleton soldiers that were killed during the American Revolutionary War. This is because I, I was like, huh. But it's because he, he is a child of Orcus, who is the god of broken vows. And so these soldiers from the specific battle broke their vows by promising quarter to the colonial soldiers and then massacring them. So now they're under Bryce's control. It's like... It kind of reminds me of how uh, um, Clarice had access to all the, like, the losing side of war. She had access to, like, the Confederate soldier ghosts at one time in the second book. Um, it's also hilarious because the God of Broken Vows, like, that's very open-ended. So you imagine there's, like, some guy named, like, Brad or Chad who's, like, cheated on his girlfriend multiple times, is also just part of that crew. <laughs> that's, there's just one guy there. There's, like, a bunch of soldiers, and there's some guy there. Some frat boy. Some guy named Ned. You know, yeah. just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nico is unable to control these skeleton warriors like he usually can. Usually it's really easy for him to control skeletons. But since they're under Bryce's control, it's like he's fighting for power. But then he locks eyes with Reyna and can feel her doing her Bologna thing where she gives her power to him and her strength. And then Nico's rage explodes. Chapter 23. Nico basically blacks out during mm -hmm. this whole thing and is like later Reyna recounts what happened. So he finds out that the ground, he made the ground all turn black and then released this horrible flood of pain and anger onto everyone in the clearing, including Reyna and Hedge. Like everyone is experiencing all of Nico's pain. So they experienced his time in Tartarus, his capture in the jar, his encounter with Cupid, his like isolation and feelings for Percy. This was so much that the skeletons burst into ashes because they literally could not handle Nico's trauma. It's like, wow. And Bryce <laughs> collapses, and then Nico sends him into a pit in the dirt and turns him into a ghost, which I guess is a nice way of saying he murders him. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they say in the book, he turned him into a ghost, and I was like, so you killed him? It's like, you know, like children's TV shows, they'll never say, like, I'll kill you. They say, I'm going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Same way. Yeah. And then Nico passed out. So. In his dreams, Nico sees a bunch of images that don't really make sense, kind of combination of memories and current things going on. He sees Bianca, he sees Hazel, sees Ella the Harpy talking about prophecies, and then he also sees Melly in labor with Clarice caring for her, and I was like, I want to know how this friendship occurred. I feel like Clarice just adopts the, like, sad ones. 
sad yeah. broken ones yeah, except not like, Percy not she was Percy. like I'm not touching that one <laughs> or Nico I'm sure if Nico had stuck around just a little bit longer Kalise yeah. would have adopted him in two minutes I feel like that could have happened yeah because yeah. I remember like Hedge had taken Clarice Hedge was Clarice's protector but I just want to see how Clarice and Melly formed their little bond and I'm why sure Clarice that- is suddenly like a midwife <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's someone also who's more qualified to do it. In the it's camp. probably Will Solis delivering the child. <laughs> He's the only medical professional in their camp. This 14 year old. Yes. <laughs> I would rather. I actually think that he did in. deliver it. Like I think that's a thing in this book that's oh, mentioned. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So poor Melly. I, <laughs> I feel so bad. Just children caring for her. Um, Nico also sees a memory of himself in Tartarus facing a Cliss, who, which I was like, oh, that was clever of Rick to bring her up in the last chapter. The goddess of misery. I wrote mystery on the notes. That would be funnier. Who literally said to him when he was there, child of Hades, what more could I do to you? You're perfect. So much sorrow and pain. That's when, you know, your therapist starts crying and it's just like you realize that your trauma is just that bad. You've won when all your the traumas. Look shocked at what you say, and you're like, "Oh no, I'm scared of them." They start writing it down even faster. You look, oh god, oh, so awful, so sad. Like apparently, she was like sobbing down there about how perfect he is. It's like, wow, it's so mean, so mean. Like she, he's already just, so sad, oh. and they're like, wow. Amazing specimen of misery. I really want more. <laughs> I want more like snapshots into Nico's time in Tartarus, which I hope that we'll get in the in the Nico book that's coming out. But I know the, the pieces we get. I'm always like, Ugh. <laughs> Nico. <laughs> I know that obviously this is me again guessing into the universe about mm, yes. the trials of Apollo. An official guess. I'm trying to see, like, I know that Will and Nico have enough of a character presence that people have become really obsessed with them. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if, like, Nico joins, or Will joins, or both join Apollo on a quest. And I really Mm -hmm. hope they have the dynamic of, like, Grumpy and Sunshine, because I think that's always really fun. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. (laughs) Then Nico wakes up <laughs> to Hedge and Reyna, who are both tending to him. All right, chapter 24. Nico learns that he has been passed out for three whole days and really only survived thanks to Hedge's sports medicine slash nature magic help. The Romans are set to attack Camp Half-Blood in two days now because he slept through three days. So Nico is like, we need to go. But Reyna stops him and says that any more shadow travel will kill him. Nico asks why they even bothered to nurse him back to health. He says they should have just gone without him, taken the statue, and they should have been afraid of him after what he did to Bryce. But they tell him that he's part of the team and that they trust him. Nico wonders how, with all his anger, but they still see him for who he is and they understand him. Um, They bring up how they all have darkness in them too, and Reyna says... You shared your painful experiences. How can we not support you? We're friends. It's like, this is going to make me emotional. This is so cute and pure. Especially because, like, Nico has so much trauma about this, too, where 
people have seen who like his powers and what he can do and have then pulled away. And for these people to see him murder someone or sorry, turn them into a ghost mm. and are able to be like, no, we actually still love you and care about you even more because we felt your emotions. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's well done. I honestly, it. like, yeah, for all that we shit on him, Rick does a really, really, I and mean, we don't actually shit on him very much comparatively, but like he does a really, <laughs> really good job of handling emotions, especially for like yes. young teens. It's a mm-hmm. lot when you have, you feel like you're like, I am the darkness. I, no one can love mm-hmm. me. The feeling of being unlovable is so universal. And so having two people who feel that way come together and support each other is just amazing to read as yes. a children's book. And I like too that it's not kind of the blanket statement that's often in children's books when a character has darkness and it's just kind of like, why aren't you afraid of me? And they're like, we love you. But it's like more complex in that Nico has made people afraid of him before. Like it's happened before, but these are the right people that he's with. He's with people who are good and who are understanding, but he has been, you know, spooked people at camp before by appearing behind them. Mm -hmm. But these people really see past that and it's really lovely yeah and it also contributes that they both i mean i don't know about hedge i don't know anything about hedge but like rena <laughs> so is, that he knocked up a cloud <laughs> somehow we can talk about that some other time but rena is also someone who has experienced like i mean she's literally killed her father too like yeah. she shared some of the worst and most traumatic experiences of her life with nico just moments ago it's not nico's fault that someone was just eavesdropping but in that way, because they were together and they were able to share together, she is the right person for that. Yes. Oh, it's so wonderful. And Nico's so shocked that they won't leave him, but Raina's just like, I just told you about what I did, and like, you didn't leave me. Why would I leave you? Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. Love to see Nico accept love. Yay! So. While Nico is filled in on what's been happening, they haven't heard from Talia or Hilla about Orion, so they're not sure what's going on with the Hunters, Amazons, if they've been hurt, if they defeated Orion. But there is some good news. Hedge came up with a new way to transport the statue so that Nico doesn't have to shadow travel anymore. Thanks to Melly and his connections, he got word into some wind spirits who sent, who are delivering them some cavalry. And then on the horizon, they see Pegasi coming to help them. But it's not just any Pegasi. There's enough to carry the statue, so a whole flock. And one of which is the Pegasus, as as Raina says, the immortal lord of horses. Which I said Hazel. Hazel would be so jealous. Oh my god, I loved him in Hercules. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Blue mane, amazing. Yes. Yes. Mm, that's the one that's the one can't believe he's here he's here Mm. i know if we were there we'd be like were you so like what was it like on the set of hercules (laughs) (laughs) so was hades like what was his hair like that the the on fire blue hair did that hurt (laughs) of my notes here i feel like i touched on a lot of them um, oh, one of my favorite, when Raina's talking about her backstory and her relatives, she mentions that a bunch of them were pirates, and Nico says that he has to restrain himself from saying, that's so cool, 
And we learn that Nico had a pirate phase before his mythomagic phase, which contributed to him liking Percy because Aww. Percy's, you know, a sea person. And I was like, Nico is a Will Turner fanboy. You can't tell me otherwise. Of course. I also Nico's like- sexual awakening was Will Turner. Actually, it was Percy Jackson, like all of us, but you know. I mean, yes. (laughs) Yes. But it's so, he's such a relatable character because there's things Mm. that I've forgotten that I was really into until someone mentions like, oh, you know, I like Mm. loved X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, oh my God, I have so much information and fun facts about that because I hyper fixated on that for a couple years when I was younger. You're like, there's a file in my brain buried in the back that is ready. unlocked it, yeah. That I tried to forget about. (laughs) But here it is. I also thought it was funny that the spooky ghost house was actually just a trauma. (laughs) It was like, happy Halloween. (laughs) That's what all the horror movies are now. It's just trauma. It's just trauma. (laughs) Those are all my notes for the... For the wonderful Nico chapters. I thought they were very good chapters. Yeah. Wait, yeah. they were Nico, right? Not Reina? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For a second there, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay, let's do some lightning bolt questions then. <laughs> All right, so like we've gotten Annabeth and Piper, Nico and Reina, and technically Percy and Jason, not really. Mm. Uh, but which character pair do you want to see trauma bond next? Ooh. I feel like it has to be unusual because I, I think we've kind of gotten Frank and Leo. Remember that time yeah. we were underwater and Leo was like, my mom died too. And they were like, oh, okay, we're going to be bros now. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think it would be interesting if Leo and Annabeth or like mm. if somehow like this just sounds like it'll be really bad in the sense of like they would have nothing in common and it, like I can never see them even having a conversation. But if Leo and Nico somehow bonded. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Yeah, because I feel like Leo is the opposite energy of Nico. They have same. They both have trauma, but Leo's like humor and deflection yeah. and Nico's anger and aggression Mm-hmm. that would be good yeah I'm trying to think of like an unlikely I feel like Annabeth and Hazel don't interact very much Mm-mm. so that would be interesting Hazel and Jason would be funny <laughs> just because of the time when Jason was like <laughs> when Jason tried to defend the Romans for being confederates and Hazel was like <laughs> sir <laughs> well it's also funny because like Hazel really used to look up to him and they don't react mm-hmm. interact anymore Hazel's kind of like, never interact. stupid, and then it moves on. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to pick the most, like, unusual pairing, or the ones, like, they never interact. Annabeth and Frank. I don't think they interact. Well, they learn about the, the Chinese finger... Trap. What is that called? Trap? Yeah. I'm just, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm doing the hand motion. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm also thinking of like people who have similar trauma when they all have very they all have daddy issues. So like I think they yeah. could all try, like bond over that at least. I think That's it'd true. be really funny if like Grover and Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Clarice. I want Clarice. Oh. I was just thinking of the seven. I want Clarice and somebody. 
Ooh, Piper. Because Piper's Ooh. so odd. Like, Clarice would be like, you're a girly girl. I don't like you. And Piper would be like, excuse me? And then they would not kiss. like the other girls. And then they'd kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. So this one is more about, I was thinking about Chemopolia and Briars. Mm-hmm. Briars. Briars? Yes. That's what it is. Briars. And Briars are married. For some reason. Interesting. Interesting combo. But, like, which of the god pairings that you know about, which one would you actually want to read a story about? Oh. Hmm. My mind is drawing a blank for every single pairing that there's ever been. Well, there's, like, the the 12, obviously. And um, some, like, minor stories are, like... Narcissus and ooh, I forgot her name, which is very funny because she doesn't. She's also forgotten. Hestia? No, 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 no. Um, his shadow. Oh fuck yeah! Echo. Echo. Yeah. Oh, that would be a good one. Like, I'm, and I was like, the one I, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast before, and I'm very mad that nobody has made any stories about is um, Hephaestus and Aphrodite. But then, yeah, because insta- I, I was also like criticizing. I was like, the Greeks didn't understand what character building they had when they had it, and they could have gone this direction instead of that direction. <laughs> I was like, right, this was their religion, not like just like their <laughs> yeah. stories. But um, I was like, oh, so like so typical. You have like how we were talking about how in a lot of children's literature, um, you have a disabled character as the villain, mm-hmm. and in this situation, you have like Hephaestus is a disabled character, and obviously you have Aphrodite go and sleep with the god of war. Like that's so predictable. Like the Greeks should have it been is. more creative. And also, if you're going to sleep with the god of war, why not Athena? Like, make it, keep it spicy, Ooh, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's because of wisdom. She wouldn't have done it. She was like, I'm too smart for this. Yeah, she's like, I'm not going to cause this. No. I'm literally Googling Greek, ancient Greek pairings. <laughs> I mean, Achilles and Patrocles, but I've read that, you know? Yeah. In a lot of different forms, too. Ooh, I would like to read about about Cupid or Eros and oh. Psyche, the one that Cupid brings up. Yeah, is Eros Cupid or is that like um, Eros is the Roman the version, I think. Yeah, of Cupid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, Eros oh. is the Greek one, the and Greek Roman one is Cupid. Cupid. Interesting. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. That one's really interesting. Also, because Psyche is... It's a really weird story, too. It's really weird. Yeah. That would have been a good one. Which one did you say? Um, I think I'm going to settle on Hephaestus and Aphrodite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. But I would have it a happy ending. Mm, good, good. Boring. Hmm. Apparently, remember Sela the monster? Yeah, that she snatches people up. She had a pairing with Glaucus, a prophetic sea god. Huh. <laughs> You're telling me even even Sela, the thing with teeth, is married. <laughs> she can find love. <laughs> 
she can find love. <laughs> you can too. <laughs> Glaucus. Okay. It's exactly Glaucus. who I thought she would marry. <laughs> exactly. The exact kind of name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my question is, which character out of any of the Percy Jackson here, of Olympus characters, would you open up to emotionally? <laughs> like how Nico picks Reyna. Yeah. Or Reyna picks Nico. They choose mm. each other. Not Jason. No. I'm sorry, buddy. He would be no. like, wow. And he, all my problems would be brand new information to him, which would be kind of nice to be yeah. listened to that way. He'd probably be like really invested. Yeah. Be like his mind would be blown, and you'd be telling him mm-hmm. information. But I don't want the emotional labor of like giving him backstory and like educating mm-hmm. him. So yeah, throw yeah, Jason. <laughs> um, Piper is fun, but she has like a lot of she has a lot of her own issues with her boyfriend. So maybe not right now. Maybe I'm a little <laughs> like bad. I don't want to have to talk about her boyfriend. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Like I don't. You know, friendship goes both ways, and when it comes down yeah. to it, if she has problems, it's just, just going to be out Jason. I don't want that. So. Yeah. Um, not Nico because he's he's got his own shit. Also, I'd be competing. I'd be like, dude, I had the worst day, and then remember that he went through Tartarus alone. And for You'd that, be like, oh, did you? Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> and for that reason, I think Annabeth and Percy are. Oh, I don't have a lot of options left. <laughs> I guess Leo is mm, okay. Yeah, he's surprisingly emotionally. Uh, deep but i would be afraid he would fall in love with me he would anytime a woman talks to him he falls in love and i'll be like oh man um oh you know who i just thought of hmm. i'm thinking outside the box rachel rachel she would listen that's so correct then yes. she might spew a prophecy about me but like that's the price you gotta pay. I know. But also, that's kind of a win. You get to, like, an answer, maybe, to your future yeah. problems. You just it's like going it. to your, like, spooky tarot card friend, you know? Yeah. Where not only do you get listened to, but you get a surprise for later that you get to have anxiety about later in the yeah. night. Yeah. Exactly. A little puzzle for you. Yeah. It's a good one. Are you going with Leo? Uh, I guess I'm... I, I, yeah. I, I, I would want to do Hazel, but, like, she's yeah. 13. Yeah. Frank? I feel like she's 14 now, but I don't know if that's accurate. That's just my own. Uh, I'm hoping she's at least 14 because Frank is 16, so. Yeah. Frank is dating a 13-year-old, so I don't really want to talk to him about anything. <laughs> Honestly, I would probably want to talk to Percy. He seems super, yeah. I mean, at least PJO Percy. I don't know yes. Percy's a bit mad. Yeah, angry. He say bro a bit too many times to me. <laughs> yeah, he would. To make sure you know it's platonic. I know. God forbid. <laughs> you, are you choosing Rachel? Yeah, I'm choosing Rachel. A good answer. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, next week, we will be doing chapters 33 through 40. Where I know nothing that happens. <laughs> That's so exciting. I don't know either. I think we have Reyna and... Yeah, it's Reyna and... No, Leo. Leo. Yeah. Reyna and Leo. Mm -hmm. Which will be fun to read. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't know what happens in it. I'm sure sure we'll just further the plot, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link is in the episode description, as well as a link to send audio messages. And you can follow us on social media at Camp Half Pod. Tell us your Halloween costume. And you can email us camphalfpod at gmail.com. 
you haven't already, rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Bye! Thank you.